Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Our Lady Queen of Peace House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. The teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. This is podcast number five, and you can find the show notes at evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. Welcome to everyone. Thank you for joining us this, uh, today as we uh, reflect on some things that are important in the life of being a Christian uh, in, in the church, in the Catholic church, and in every other church or Christian way of life. And that is evangelization. That's the topic for today. We're going to talk about evangelization uh, and what that means for us, at least in some aspects of it. And uh, it's in a sense that I've seen it written in many places that the mission of the church is evangelization. Now, for uh, us Catholics, that's not an easy thing because our big approach to evangelization was good example. And that's good to have good example. But our approach to was that, you know, you don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion, you don't, you wouldn't even think of sharing what's your personal prayer life is your personal spirituality. Or you wouldn't even, in fact, is some Catholics will say, well, I really don't know what is in my heart. I just simply go through being Catholic and do the sacraments and do things. But now the, the things are different. This, there's a new season of mercy in the world. And there's a new season of mercy in the church. And the last three popes have really promoted this. And there's a season when there's a deeper spiritual reality going on to to, to move uh, Christians into a stronger place of really having a personal relationship with God that is fruitful and effective and, and, and brings mercy in many, many forms and ways of service to other people. So in, I'm going to start here by talking about in the recent years of the church, there has been a clarion call to advance the mission of the church. And we read in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And then it says, at the night of the resurrection in Matthew, it says, then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scripture. And he commissioned them to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In John chapter 20, verses 19 to 23, it's very beautiful. Jesus stands, he comes, Easter Sunday night, he comes to them. And he stands in their midst. What's the first thing he does? He shows them, he shows them his wounds. They see his wounds, the power of the cross, the power of the suffering of Jesus, 
and what he went through brought about this wonderful night of the resurrection. And then he shows them that he's risen and that he's glorified. And, and they can experience his risen presence and the splendor of that Easter Sunday night. And then what he does is he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. He says, receive the Spirit. And when you receive the Spirit, in a sense, you do go forth and do the things that I have done and that I will continue to do in you. So he commissions them to preach repentance, uh, spirit-filled, life-giving repentance, for the healing of the persons, of whole persons, of many persons, and for forgiveness of sins. And he says, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So it was the Father and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit gave an additional empowering grace to the disciples uh, right after the resurrection of Jesus. Now, in, in a sense, we say uh, the basic ways to do evangelization that, that we're, we're probably pretty familiar with, and we, we experience these things as not too challenging in the sense of, uh, you know, they're calling something for me that I'm not sure I, I'm able to give or want to give. But the, the, there's two, or there's basically three approaches to evangelization. The first is programmatic evangelization. We see this in the, the wonderful uh, gift of Christ life, which is an evangelization program based on biblical principles that brings about a transformation of people's personal lives. Christ renews his parish, which is a real focus on parish life and on the, the power of the spirit and the grace of love and small group work and small group service working in the bring to bring the grace of renewal to parishes. And then the other third, the third one is one-on-one, one-on-one situations, uh, uh, small group fellowships, uh, one-on-one situations, and in some places there's bigger opportunities for this. But these are the formats that we practically have to exercise the gift and grace and call by the Lord for evangelization in the life of the church. By very nature of our baptism and subsequently through our personal relationship in Jesus through faith, we are called to witness to his resurrection and share with others the good news of salvation in Christ. Evangelization at this point in our life is one of the responses of God in the life of the church that is assisting in setting aside the, the, the moral degradation in society, the breaking down of relationships and families and commitments and the, the, the advance that you basically see in the power of sin that's going on in, in all forms of life today and the violence that we experience. And it also moves in the area of where some Christians live a schizophrenic life. They believe culturally in what it means to be Catholic, but then they go about making all their choices, decisions based upon their own wisdom or the wisdom of the philosophy of the world of the time. 
And that's, that's insufficient. And then there's the dehumanization of the human person present in the world today, the, 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 the cheapness of life and the, the easy slaughter of people and the, the vast amount of abortions that have happened and, and, and the, uh, the, all of these things that are present in the world today. God is acting. God is asking his believers, the ones that he's chosen and loves, in the power of the resurrection of Jesus, personal Lord and Savior, and empowered by the Spirit to bring forth the life of the gospel in, in the life of the world and the church at this time. Brothers and sisters, we're not used to looking to our personal relationship with the Lord. We're not used to understanding it and sharing it. And it takes a real movement of grace and the power of the Spirit and even though, and to, to really get us to where we even begin to practice, to start to learn how to become good at communicating and evangelizing the life of Jesus in us and, in, and what God has done in our life and the powerful things that he's done and the beautiful things that he's changed and the happiness and the natural gifts that he's given us that we love uh, very much. Most sincere Catholics want to be holy but they don't want to talk about it. And they want to share, they, they don't, they're afraid to share their faith with others. But as we're renewed in the church's grace of renewal today, we take on a missionary spirit and a zeal for the gospel. And we move forward with that. And we bring forth this in our life and we learn how to do these things. So there's there's a certain amount of effort and hard work and practice in taking the grace we receive and maturing in it, humanly speaking. I was just thinking about Kateri Tekawitha, the Native American woman. She died at 24, and she lived up in Arisville, that whole, that whole area. She was 24. She lived a counter-cultural way of life. I mean, when she, the Jesuits lived in the village, and they they had their place there. They had a chapel there. And but her family was very much in the leadership. In the and her mother and her father died of smallpox, and she got it. And she was half blind. She couldn't see. And so Kateri ended up. She she lived by example. She served. She wouldn't work on Sunday, but then she'd do double work. And she was persecuted for it. And it got to the point where she didn't want to uh, be married to anybody. And some of the young men were preparing to take her life, and they got, got her out of the, the, the tribal situation, and they took her up to uh, the, the St. Lawrence River where there was a Christian community of Indians living up there. And she died there. And she had the, po the pockmarks on her face. And you know what happened? She died at 24, so she just wore herself out. But she had, was baptized. She came in uh, uh, and she developed a relationship with the Lord. And she prayed a lot of times. She, she just developed a life of prayer. And she had these pockmarks. Her, her face was scarred because of the, the uh, disease that she had. And when she died at 24, exhausted and broken, and when the, the moment they, the, the dead Jesuits came and they anointed her, when she died, there was a sense of the radiance of God just spread through her whole body and the pockmarks on her face disappeared. 
and you, you can you can read this account in the Jesuit relations. So anyhow, at least as we go forward in this this understanding of personal evangelization, it's good to learn how to do faith sharing in any situation. And so we we first personally need to develop an ability of understanding the Lord's presence in our heart and in our life and how grace works in our human situations. All the popes over the last 70 years have encouraged Catholics to share their faith with others in various situations where personal evangelization is appropriate. Pope Francis recently has encouraged Catholics to reach out to others in every way possible. Also, he warned pastoral workers, this is interesting, to be careful to avoid spiritual selfishness and narcissistic spirituality. By that is meant that we always do holy things and we serve others because we are facing and looking to ourselves because we want to be the ones. We have a very self-centered mindset and attitude about my personal holiness instead of really doing and serving for others and for others' sake. So the Pope warned people who are doing pastoral work to be careful of that. We should expect to personally experience in evangelizing our faith. A fresh, and then Pope Paul VI says this, this is very beautiful. He says, we should expect to personally experience in evangelizing or sharing our faith a fresh forward impulse capable of creating with those whom we share the undying strength and power of Pentecost, a new period of sharing the good news in a way that is understandable and inspiring. This, of course, is going to bring up to us today, well, then, what, when we share our faith, you know, how should we do that? What is, what is it that we should share? What does it mean to share your faith? The first thing that we should consider then is a, a prayerful spirit, that the glorified risen Jesus is already present in me and is also in the person I'm going to speak to. So this should give me a certain amount of inner peace, realizing what is going to happen in the person that I'm sharing my faith with really as I'm evangelizing, it primarily depends on what the Lord is doing in that person and the person's ability to respond. Therefore, when we humbly approach the relationship with a discerning spirit seeking inner light for guidance and direction, we're in a good place to know how much to share and what not to share. And we don't give our whole witness of what God has done in our whole life. We read where the person is. What's the need of the moment? What is the particular thing that I, could, I should share, the, different, the aspect of my life where God has worked just in this one area? So we always have to be discerning and knowing where the other person is and looking for the interests of the other person and not kind of in a self-centered way, just share our, our, our witness because we developed the whole thing and we can share it and we're very proud of it. That, that's, that's what the Pope's talking about when, 
we give in to a certain kind of spiritual selfishness there. So we look for light and we look for guidance and direction. So what's the content and how, what am I going to share? I'm going to share what I personally understand and believe about the inner experience of my personal faith in the Lord Jesus. I'm going to share those things that God has done in my life that has brought a positive benefit and fruitfulness, not only in my spiritual life, but in my human maturity and my human growth and development as a person. Now, this doesn't mean that I have to have all of Catholic doctrine on my fingertips. That's, that's, that's never going to happen. We don't need that. We need to do, we certainly need to know our Catholic faith as much as possible. But, and we should know where the books are so that we can go and refer people to them or we could go and get answers for other people when they ask us about things that we don't personally know. But we should be able to share about our personal experience of the risen Christ and how he is present and active in my personal life. It's good to note that St. Anthony, St. Anthony of Padua, he talks about what the, the, uh, this uh, idea of the spirit working in one's personal life. And he says this in his writings, that every Christian should ultimately end up fulfilling in their lives the full experience of Pentecost. And that every Christian should end up ultimately fulfilling in their lives the full experience of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, when St. Peter was asked by those who came running down from the temple when they heard all the noise, and when the outpouring of the Spirit happened on the day of Pentecost, they said, what should we do, brothers, to receive this experience? Peter responded, repent of your sins, believe in Jesus of Nazareth, and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So when I'm going to share with another person my personal experience, it is my personal relationship with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That Jesus has given me a personal understanding of God as my Father and a rich and full life in the Holy Spirit. And I know that God loves me. I am his beloved son. I am his beloved daughter. He has revealed his mercy. He has brought healing and forgiveness in my life. He has brought goodness into my personal life. Oh, for sure, I know that I am a sinner, and I realize it more and more every day. But as a result, with his help, I have changed my life through life-giving, spirit-filled repentance and forgiveness and an experience of a new life with the Lord and the Holy Spirit. This gift has led me to a rich and new life of faith and love. My life is not always easy. There are many hard aspects. There's suffering in my life. But with this experience of a new faith, I see new growth in my life each day. In other words, I'm really different than I used to be. And the peace and joy of the Lord is permanently in my life. I have been, I have been truly empowered by the merciful gift of the love of God through the Holy Spirit. We actually know in a, in a good way as we turn and look to see where do we see examples of these things. And we see them particularly in the beginning chapters of the Acts of the Apostles. 
And some, some theologians would say that the Acts of the Apostles is really the model for evangelization. There are so many accounts when people mm-hmm. really experience the full life of the Holy Spirit. And full changes took place. I remember Peter and John are walking up the temple steps and uh, and the beggar is there and he's looking for a a material handout. And Peter says, uh, I do not have anything to give you, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And this crippled man stood up and walked. We see in Samaria, when Philip went up to Samaria and he preached Jesus as the Messiah, that Jesus was really the Lord and Savior, and the whole town became filled with joy and they changed their lives and converted and they came back and shared it with the apostles. And uh, Peter and John had to go back up to Samaria and then pray with them for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to get the full thing. That's a wonderful, tremendous thing. We see Peter raising uh, uh, one of the women in down on the seacoast. And, and, and we see Peter, in a sense, raising her. She was dead. And all the women were saying how much she did for everybody, how much she was loved. And Peter went in, and he, he sent everybody out, and he knelt down, and he prayed for her. He took her by the hand, and she was raised from the dead. We we see Peter up in the, uh, going up to the house of Cornelius and his household had heard an angel. Cornelius heard an angel and sent down for Peter. Peter in Joppa, he came up. Peter walks in and he sees all these people in this very rich and big household. And he says, and, and he says, what do you want? And then he realizes that he needs to talk to them about Jesus. And he starts talking to them about Jesus. What happened? The Holy Spirit. It's called the Gentile Pentecost. The Holy Spirit poured himself out upon. Uh, all of those members of Cornelius's household. And when he went back and received criticism up in Jerusalem from some of the, the Jewish converts, and he told them what happened, they said, oh, we see he has given life-giving repentance to the Gentiles too. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful thing? And so we see many results of new Christians in faith becoming Individuals who can proclaim and preach the the salvation of Jesus and witness it by their life and their word to the death, resurrection, and the reconciliation that we have with the Father. So in the Acts of the Apostles, by prayer, deeds, and words, witnesses demonstrate powerfully the work of the Spirit as the core truth of salvation in the person of Jesus Christ. The next thing is I would like to mention briefly attitudes that hinder individuals from doing evangelization. First, thinking that my good example as a Christian is all that I need to do for evangelization. Two, fear of being rejected, made fun of, making a fool of myself, people won't listen. That Those kind of attitudes of fear. Three, thinking that I have to know Catholic doctrine totally, and that's just not true. Four, my life is not what it should be. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to share the gospel with others. That's true. It's all true, but it's in that context that the Lord Jesus empowers us to share the good news with our brothers and sisters. Number five, I'm a sinful person. I would be a hypocrite to share spiritually. 
That's a hindrance, that kind of thinking. Number six, I do evangelize. I always preach to others and I nag them that they always need to go to church. That really is a hindrance to genuine, true evangelization. Number seven, a lack of trust in the Lord that he will be working in the person or group that I speak to. So we need to step out in faith. And number eight, finally, laziness, or I need deep personal spiritual renewal myself. This is probably true. We all need it. Laziness and and, and holding back out of laziness. So next, I would like to emphasize things that can be helpful or useful in, in evangelizing or faith sharing. First, just simply share the good things God has done in your life and my life. Two, that I am sincere in following the Lord and willing to change those things that hold me back. Three, it is good if I am aware of the presence of the Lord in the event and open to his gifts and be willing to share according to what is appropriate. Four, I believe in God's personal love for me and in the events of my life. Five, to know that I am not focusing on my perfection and holiness but on the wonderful ways the Lord has worked, the Lord has worked in my life. And finally, six, I understand that I I learn by practice and making mistakes. I should know that I don't always share my whole testimony, but only as much as it fits the situation I'm in and the specific person that I am sharing and talking with. Finally, what's the general format for giving my personal witness or testimony? Three things. What was my life like in the past that led to a change? What what went through? Sharing the specific elements of the way I was living, what I was suffering, what the difficulties were, and then I made a change and how things changed and how I received healing and change, and, and now I'm living a new life. Two, what happened that made my, me change my life? Describe the change. What did you go through? How did it occur? And three, what is my new life of faith like now? Uh, give witness to the ways in which the Lord has worked, sharing the testimony of the risen Christ working in your life and in the situations of your life. Finally, it takes a life of prayer, doesn't it? A life of prayer a deep life of prayer, which helps me share my faith to recognize what God is doing in me and being able to do that in the forms of personal evangelization, small group evangelization, or in the context of specific programs that that provide the means of evangelization for others. May God bless you and let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the call to share our faith and to witness to the in the mission of the church for brothers and sisters of the good things that you've done in our lives. We pray for the special gifts of, of wisdom and humility 
and courage and, and a willingness to put effort into learning and practicing in the ways of sharing our faith with one another. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you all. The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend. And to contact Father David, email him at frdavidjt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.